Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist in Arkansas, who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the queen of Arkansas media. My guest for this episode is Dr. Stephanie Rimka, an Atlanta-based brain optimization specialist who gets to the root cause of why you're sick. You'll get to meet her right after this. I am in desperate need of help right now, and I found the perfect person. It's a match made in heaven. It's Little Rock Paper Scissors. Isn't that cute? You know, rock, paper, scissors. But Little Rock Paper Scissors, and it's Katie Buchanan and what she can do for you as chief organizer. COO, chief organizing organization is what she is. She can come in your home. She can come in your business. She does closet. She does personal shopping, pantry prep, all the things. But what I need her for is the fact that I'm moving into a new home. She's already been through the home I'm living in right now and we discussed how to pare down some more. She's very impressed with the fact that I really don't accumulate a lot of things. I'm, I'm over stuff, but I need to know where to put the stuff I have in the new home. Like, I never know which is the best drawer for all the utensils. I never know which is where you put the things in the pantry. She's going to do all of that, and I've seen her work. It is so impressive. I'll be posting those photos on my social media when we get to that about the first week of August. But until then, if you are looking for someone to help you, you're in Arkansas. She'll travel anywhere. I got the gal. Little Rock Paper Scissors. She won most talkative in high school, and she has been running her mouth ever since. Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast with your host, Lisa Fisher. Okay, I'm loving this already because even before we start chatting, we we're talking about food and um, how we've been marketed. Uh, we've been pawns in this marketing scheme with a standard American diet. Cause just before we started, we talked about plant-based foods and you said standard American diets, plant-based. How's that working for you? Booyah. That's what the kids say. So I never thought of it that way. So the plant-based that we told people to eat are these uh, nine to 11 servings of whole grains, which is the stupidest thing we've ever heard, but that's a plant, right? Yeah. Plant-based is just a marketing propaganda term to give you the illusion you're doing something healthy and to make what they're already telling you, which has failed miserably and contributed to metabolic disease and chronic disease in America at epidemic proportions, like you're doing something new. It's just a marketing term. It's changing the name. Totally is. Um, I just finished Dr. Davis's book about um, wheat belly. William and, Davis. Yeah. A fascinating book. I mean, just I'll, I'll I don't want to eat wheat again. Yeah. Um, men with man boobs, it's because you're, you're eating wheat that produces estrogen. I mean, all the things, and it's the very thing that we tell children and adults who are not informed because adults who are formed know that that's a lie to eat all these servings of whole grains a day. And it, do you even eat wheat? Do you even eat gluten? Do you eat any of those uh, delicious <laughs> items that we used to butter and uh, put garlic on? Yeah, I know what those things are. Um, I haven't had gluten for uh, almost 17 years. <laughs> you you did it before it was cool. I did it before it was cool because that's called science. I know, genetics. but what yeah. were you what were you finding then that we've just I've just found maybe in the last 10 years about gluten? 
because I've so so many autoimmune conditions and I was looking at the connection. So sure, what sure. made you then start seeking that out or where did you find it that you thought, aha, I'm not eating that stuff again? Uh, I got really sick and I was a vegan for 12 years. And that's, that's a diet of soy and gluten, unlike anything you can imagine, right? And I got really, really sick. Uh, I was early 30s or whatever, was already basically in menopause. And it took all my friends, who, most of my friends are 20 years older than me. So they all said, Stephanie, this sounds like menopause. That's not normal. And so I finally went somewhere and I, I had already, let me say this caveat. I am a doctor, I do holistic health. I've had many of the doctors and conferences that were trainers of mine and mentors of mine tell me to stop. They're like, this is killing you. You've got to stop being a vegetarian. And I was very deeply committed to the um, spiritual and emotional benefits that I thought I was getting, that I thought I was saving the environment. I believed a lot of the lies that were of the propaganda. And it's a very emotional hook, right? Like you, they give you a pamphlet Completely. of tortured, tortured bunnies and I cried and that was it. I'm like, I don't want to do that. Oh my God. Right. It was horrif horrifying me. So, so it worked, you know, the tactic worked and I got sicker and sicker and sicker to where my thyroid shut down. My estrogen was gone. My testosterone was gone. I had PCOS. I mean, I was, I was highly depressed. I was wanted to die all the time. Barely fun, very fat. Um, I was probably 40, 50 pounds heavier. So, going in for that and then they said you know you can't get pregnant and that was just a moment of like you know i'd gone through many journeys and this endocrinologist i had a geneticist and an endocrinologist a husband and wife team that were here in atlanta and much older and very intelligent and were doing and kind of explained and just took that moment were very gentle with me to say i know this doesn't make sense for you in your spiritual journey. I've been a meditator for 20 something years. They meditated, they taught meditation courses and stuff. So they go, I get, it seems incongruent, but this diet is killing you. And your genetics are very clear showing you now have celiac disease. You should have never been having any gluten or soy in your system. Think of it now as bleach. Every time you eat that, it's like you're drinking bleach. So, they kind of helped me with, with the understanding the science and showing me my genetics and showing me now how sick I was and there were names for it. And they said, you have an atypical celiac where it's not really as much gastrointestinal, it's destroyed your endocrine system. And it, your family is littered with alcoholism and drug addiction and depression and suicidal behavior because of gluten. Because you all have, and you're Indian, you're Bengali, you never should have been eating this anyway. You guys don't eat this. Like this is not a part of what you should be doing. So I reluctantly said, okay, I think you've won me over. I'm willing to try it. And in three days I converted, which most vegetarians do. We go to fish. We figure it's not furry and I don't kiss it. Let me, <laughs> let me, let me eat salmon. And okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Y'all right. Right. <laughs> right. So I did three days basically of the paracone diet. Right. Where right. it was like, mm -hmm. right. Salmon mm -hmm. and a little bit mm -hmm. of berries, you know, little rice, like no gluten, no dairy, no soy. And in three days, I always the best. My favorite movie is The Wizard of Oz. And it was like showing up in Oz. And it went from, <laughs> yes, from black and white, black and white to, to technicolor. technicolor. And that's like it. it was like 
everything. Suddenly the world was totally different. I felt completely different in it. I said, I like, I didn't know this was actually a happy, good place to be. And I just, right then I said, if that was what making me feel this way, I will never put it in my body again. So that was the moment. And, um, six months later I got pregnant. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So, yeah. So, uh, do you have to take thyroid hormone replacement now? So I am still so that then I was I was on estrogen. I was on a bunch of stuff and we stopped everything. They said, well, if anything's going to fix this, the pregnancy will because you had to go from rock bottom to what's going to have to happen here, whether or not your body can do this. Let's see. So that pregnancy healed me in many ways. And my my thyroid is down to half of what I was taking then. So I've done and I did that in the last year. I'm hopeful maybe I can recover. But again, again, I was 14 years as a vegetarian, 12 as a vegan, eating an inordinate amount of soy and gluten. And I have genetic positions where I should never for sure it's bad for everybody but it really is bad for me right so we'll see what I can do with this thyroid but I have cut it in half I have what my my physician was stunned she was you woke it up I said yeah I did. I said, let's see what it can do. <laughs> well, so. I think the gland gets damaged too. Oh, and I'm sure. Absolutely. So I feel like my, my, that's right. Yeah. My gland has yeah. been damaged, but I have reduced mine. I, I even, I'm taking holidays. I'm taking Wednesdays and Sundays off and I do the natural preparation, obviously. And a little, uh, if I, I have to add a little levothyroxine because here's something I found out in my old age, women start getting frozen shoulder. You know, this as a chiropractor, these women will come in with frozen shoulder and, um, bursitis. And a lot of times it's T4 levels are low. And so I sometimes have to bump up. I don't like taking, um, Synthroid, but I have to add it to my armor. I'm just telling you this. I know people listening are like, yeah, that's right. I have, that's yeah. right. I have to do what works for me, but I got rid of my frozen shoulder and I still see a chiropractor once a week. So, uh, definitely been on that track for a long time. So then what's happened for you in the last year that you have reduced your thyroid medicine? I I'm interested to hear more diet oh, related. No, I actually use a homeopathic, um, human growth hormone. Uh, so I use a home and, and it has, uh, yeah, I know it has HPA access, so it has adrenal and thyroid glandulars, but it's homeopathic frequency, so it's a gel I rub on, and that did it. I did it in six to seven months, and she was like, what? And I, every patient I put on this lowers their um, thyroid can, nuts. Can you give us a link, and then we can put that in show notes? Sure. Is it it's proprietary? It's on your website. Okay. It's on my website, yeah. Okay. I will definitely check that out. Yeah. It's interesting because it's frequency based, you know, it's homeopathic. So it gets a lot of flack because people, if they don't believe in homeopathy, they're like, there's no somatropin in here. I'm like, it's, it's homeopathic. So it's, it's, it has somatropin, human growth hormone, but the thing I've never seen HPA access support. So it has the adrenal and thyroid glandulars in a in a frequency base it's made that way then it's the homeopathic bundle and it has botanical herbs like chase tree and aloe vera and other things so it's a really comprehensive um hormonal support i mean it 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 and it lights up your brain but i've i've not had a single patient night and how i got into it was several physicians and my patients brought it to me and they all their thyroid patients get reduced as well I don't always get everybody off of it. I, and that's not always my goal. I tell them, you know, like I got to see where we started and how you're doing with it. Um, you know, and I also use iodine, you know, so, but everybody has to know what they need and work with a clinician 
Um, but I do think most people are deficient. We're not, we're just not having the food. Yeah. Iodine's a tight rope. Yeah, it is. And so I know there's a big, uh, a big range, what clinicians will suggest. I've seen some extreme high dosing. I stay out of that arena. I just do my nascent iodine to know I don't like seafood except like shrimp and stuff. I, I don't like fish. I, I do. I eat what I eat. You were like, a vegetarian all those years and you didn't even like fish? Well, I was a vegan, so we didn't eat fish. Are you vegan? That's right. You didn't even have yeah. that. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But yeah. a lot of Indian cuisine will have fish in it. I mean, I guess well, shrimp. Not, not and, in my house. Okay, my house right. make it, so. do, do you cook authentic Indian food? Nope. Oh, I, I, I daydream I about my it. My mom. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I daydream about sag paneer. I had some the other night. I make it all the time. I love it. Absolutely love it. Okay. So let's talk about um, HPA access. Let's explain, kind of define what that is and how that's just kind of a newer term to me in the last year. So tell me the science behind that and why it's so integral for our waking and sleeping and living. Yeah, it's really, so the HPA axis, I think they should put a T in there. I think they should have a hypothalamus, pituitary, adrenal, thyroid axis because they're really all related. I think some people do. I think there's a movement towards moving it to HPAT um, because they're all related. So we're talking about the thyroid. So the hypothalamus is in your brain. So you have this and it, and then it talks to the pituitary, which is in your brain, which then talks to your adrenal glands, which sit on top of your kidney. The HPA is kind of the CEO of stress management. It kind of lets, tells the, the system has this beautiful feedback mechanism of, you know, should she be in fight or flight or should she be in rest and digest right now? Like, do we have something that's happening? So the brain is assessing and telling the adrenals what to do. And that communicates with the, th- the adrenal and the thyroid work. They're, they're a coupled system. So the body always has coupled systems. You have things that work in conjunction with each other always. Nothing is as independent on its own. So if the, you know, the adrenals and thyroid, they respond to each other. So if your thyroid is getting stressed, your adrenals are going to come try to take over. It's like, oh man, she's having a hard time. I'm going to take up the slack. And, you know, the same thing. So that's why eventually they, they both get burnt out or somebody's driving the, the metal to, pedal to the metal kind of a thing. And people focus, oh, adrenal fatigue, adrenal fatigue. And they never look at the thyroid. Like you cannot treat one without treating the other. So it's that stress response. And we want to be in rest and digest 90% of the time. That's what you should be, which but we usually are flipped the opposite just based on lifestyle. Uh, the way we live is a very stressful way we live. Just we do very unnatural, disconnected from nature activities on a daily basis that we've normalized. And we don't understand the stress that it's putting on the human system. Wait, anyway, and go like, back to nutrition. Don't you think nutrition stresses our bodies too? Absolutely. In that way, all the caffeine, all the sugar, mm-hmm. all the things that ramp us up are actually our little adrenals back there are just, they're plumb wore out as my grandmother would say. Yeah. It, well, lack of nutrition is a big, so really you just yeah, look at right. two big things. You got toxins and you have lack of nutrition. So people are starving or um, flooded with toxins. So that's what it kind of comes down to. It's, it's you keep it really simple for pe- my patients. I'm like, it's, you got one or two problems. You don't have enough of something and you got too much of something else. You know, you don't have enough of the good stuff. You got too much of the bad stuff. And unfortunately, you know, we've, thrown out entire food groups. We've taken things off that we used to eat all the time that we, we don't even consider food anymore. We're, we're grossed out by stuff because we don't actually 
go get food and hunt and deal with it ourselves. We're, right. we're very squeamish and fragile now. Uh, I'm one of those people that got like that, right? As we moved into cities and got addicted to comfort and technology, we forgot how to do things, right? We, we need to bring like a little house in the prairie back. You totally. Know? Yeah. Totally. I mean, I absolutely agree. Okay. Side note, could you turn the ringer off on your cell phone? Because oh, yeah. I heard you, you got, somebody got, did you hear a message on that? I had dinged, yeah. Okay. Okay. That was just a little break and we'll go back uh, to talking here. Uh, then with these things, so we're, we're loving on our HPAT axis. People who I talk to all the time, just because I've been a thyroid advocate for 20 years, because it took me four years to finally, finally get someone to listen to me because wow. they said, well, you look great. I was like, look, look at me. I'm not great. You know, I'm tired. I'm puffed out. I'm constipated. I'm cold. My hair falls out. And they were like, you seem fine to me. Right. So I, I have such empathy. Like I want to go to the Walmart and have a bullhorn and go, attention, all middle-aged women. Are you constipated, cold? Are your rings tight in the morning? Do you get up to pee in the middle of the night? And tell them, you know, it takes more than just having your thyroid check. But I, I feel like I'm these patients sometimes fight with their healthcare providers who will say, no, I won't give you the natural preparation because it's not, uh, they don't like the bioequivalency from batch to back. I mean, some BS. Could they just take this type of supplement, do you think, Dr. Rimka, and start feeling better? Or do they also need to take a prescription? Well, it'll depend, right? I would never say this is a replacement for hormone replacement of some sort. Um, okay. Sure. So, but if they're not being treated at all, if they're already not being treated, right. this is going to help. Um, if you're on something and you try to take an, any natural supplement and you just go off what you're taking rapidly, you're going to have kickback. That's not smart. You need, if you're trying to ever titrate or wean off anything, you need to work with a clinician who knows what they're doing because some can be deadly. Some are just going to make you feel bad. Some could, you know, coming off a of benzo too fast can kill you. Right. So you have to know what you're doing. Um, so no, I, this is not in re replacement okay. of it to me. But if you're if you're taking nothing, right? So many women and men, um, women are just three times more sensitive to this this homeopathic than men, but men use it extensively. Um, they're going to feel a really big hit because you're already so like low, right? You're, you're so far from optimal. So if I give you anything, it's like giving you water after you've been in the desert for four days and you're super dehydrated. That That's going to feel amazing. You know, and if you're well hydrated and I give you a glass of water, you're not going to think it's the greatest thing. You're like, well, I didn't really notice anything. Didn't make me feel any different. Nope. Because it's not, you're not so depleted. Right. So that's, it's, to me, it's going to definitely start them healing. It's going to turn off, it's going to nourish and, and uh, the HPA axis and give the adrenal some love, give the thyroid some love, give the pituitary some love. And that's all great. But I certainly want people to find good practitioners. And it is extraordinarily hard with the thyroid. I can't even tell you, I already had an argument about it this morning with a patient whose doctor just keeps testing TSH. And I said, I'm going to lose it right now. If you do not find a new clinician, I, I'm, I'm almost going to be done seeing you because I don't know how many, how long we're going to keep going through this. You have Hashimoto's. She doesn't know what she's doing. I don't care that she went to Yale. And literally, this is a Yale graduate, like a 33-year-old young doc, literally only tests TSH. I said, you need armor. She says, she won't give it to me. She doesn't, I said, because she doesn't know what she's doing. You shouldn't be on dairy. 
you, so right. first of all, like I need you to, to in it, since you're never going to do that right now, you, you are pushing against me. We need the right assessment. I need to see what your free T3 is. I need the right normal. I need the right combination of medications. And you know what? Let's just go right to LDN because I know you're not going to make wow. all the lifestyle changes that we need. I know it. So why feel miserable? Why be depressed? Why fight so hard to get all this extra weight off you that has just has just happened? That, but they're, they're like, oh, well, I'm like, I, but it's, I don't have a bunch of referrals to give. It's really, really hard to find um, clinicians that know what they're doing. I have my handful, but they're, you know, we're all virtual and remote. Use this guy, use this guy, blah, blah, blah. And, and then a lot of them are full, you right. know, because there are a lot of people. A lot of yep. hurting women, yep. a lot of hurting women who aren't listening. You know, again, it took me four uh, years because uh, my TSH was just 3.9. And yeah. finally, I will say, even though I broke up with him, I'm sure he's pretty upset, an endocrinologist. They're the accountants of the medical field. They just look at a teeny tiny number. Yeah. <laughs> but that doctor first, the, I did get diagnosed and he did palpate my thyroid. And when I told him I had, I had vitiligo everywhere, you can see it all over. When I told him I had vitiligo, then he all of a sudden, like his tail whacked. He was so excited. Then he was like, okay, maybe you do have thyroid disease. I was like, whatever. I mean, my hair falls out. I don't have eyebrows. I'm constipated. I'm cold. I'm all these things. I gained 15 pounds. Um he did test my antibodies and that was the first person. So I finally, he, and he even said that, but he only put me on 75 micrograms of Synthroid, which I found out they titrate that based on your weight. I know it's shocking, but I weigh more than 75 pounds, you know? And, and when I went back a month later, my TSH was down to one from 3.9. My antibodies were still 1300 crazy. And they would continue to go up. But he said when it was down to one, and I said, all right, I've been doing my research. I mean, Katie barred the door if I'm doing research. I'm going to get a medical degree in six weeks. And I came back and said, all right, what about uh, liothyronine, cytomel, all these things? And he went, oh, no, we can't give that. And he said, plus, he said, we believe that one is a good <laughs> TSH. And hand to God, I went, we? I go, do you have a mouse in your pocket? I mean, who who are you talking about? I go, because the we in my family, my husband doesn't think one's a great TSH number because I'm still not thriving. And he said, well, the endocrinologist, the society of the planet or whatever it is. And he said, when I see you, he said, when you come back in six months and I went, oh no, there won't be another. I mean, I'm not doing this again. I'm not waiting six months to then maybe get it to a hundred micrograms of Synthroid, which was like taking a Tic Tac anyway. So you have to fight for yourself. All yeah. that to say, you mentioned LDN, the low dose now Trexone. Am I saying that right? Yeah, LDN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I tried it for about a month trying to get my antibodies down. It really didn't change my life. Tell me more about this magical drug because it is magical for some people with addiction. I know higher doses, but tell me about yeah, the LDN. Well, the, well, Trexone is used for addiction, right? To help people get off addiction. And then they made it like accidental discovery that low dose of it <laughs> in that one milligrams, one to five milligrams yeah. uh, is extraordinary for a variety of things that are called autoimmune. Um, and I've just seen that I don't prescribe it. I'm not an LDN, I'm not a physician, so I don't use medications, but people come to me on a lot of medications and I work on getting them off of them for a number of things, especially psychiatric is my specialty. So LDN doesn't play in outrageously strong for psychiatric things, except when it's brain inflammation based. And I have a lot of that. And especially when there's a lot of patients are referred to me 
for mental health issues where it's not a mental health issue at all. It's a thyroid disorder or something like that, right? There's low testosterone and, and like, you don't need a brain therapy. We need to get your hormones right. So my job is to assess and know what angle we have to do to repair the brain, you know, so balancing all the pillars there and whether or not a therapy is going to be efficacious or not, or just a waste of their money. And I'm not going to waste their money unless the brain can handle it. Um, so just knowing, looking at it over, you know, the decade of so people coming in and this and that, and my friends, I'm friends with a lot of physicians who do use it. And, and we've talked about it and I've been like, explain this to me. And so just every time we're chatting and this and that, I just had another conversation over referral. It, it's, it's the only, it's one of the few medications that works. It just does its job. And I've seen extraordinary responses in helping the body. I don't know the mechanisms of LDN research is a whole organization that this is all they do. And they run conferences and train doctors. And, and, um, I, we use that website to find clinicians to help, um, people, but it, it's, it's very, very potent, especially when, you know, dialing in nutrition and diet is very hard. You're suddenly 40 or 45 and you hear now after this lifestyle accumulation of these behaviors that you didn't know, you're, you're doing what they're telling you to do and you've been eating grains and grains and grains and bread and bread and bread and whole wheat, whole wheat, whole wheat, but it's organic, it's organic. Um, and you've destroyed your thyroid. It's very hard to suddenly change that to get people to go to a primal, natural, animal-based way of eating that doesn't have gluten. And once somebody has Hashimoto's, I get them off all dairy. Most of my autoimmune cannot have dairy. Oh, you think so? And there's no thinking. (laughs) I've done it 20 years. They got to come off. So that's really the big solution often. And that's hard, right? And that might take me five years. Took me five years to convince my sister to get off dairy. It's reality. Oh, it's reality. She said the terrible sad news that thyroid patients or autoimmune patients should get off dairy too. I mean, I've just broken up with wheat and we had a long affair. I mean, 58 years we've been in love. Crack crack and meth, same (laughs) point. Now I've got to get off meth. That is, oh, so what are your substitutes then for dairy? Like uh, just a piece of cheese. Eggs, steak. (laughs) Do you eat eggs then? I do. I know eggs aren't dairy, but they're also something that bothers people. What do you think about eggs? Well, the reality is eggs are amazing. And the reality is that we keep ruining things. So we're destroying and modifying normal foods in nature. Everybody needs to understand the blueberries you see in a grocery store are not anything like a blueberry that would be growing in the wild. The bananas that are on the shelf are nothing like a banana that was growing 100 years ago out in some rainforest. Okay. So eggs are very similar. Uh, and we keep hybridizing and changing the genetics of even the things that grow. We, we grow them in bizarre ways. Now, the weird thing about eggs, so I think eggs are incredible. I think they're a, an incredible, um, complete protein source, and they're one of the most powerful brain foods you can have. The choline that's present in those yolks, uh, it's unbelievable that how much choline we need, and it's extraordinary. That being said, We've done a lot of bizarre things with eggs. We've cultured um, the majority of every single vaccine has been in eggs. And so when you're getting injected with things, you're getting egg albumin and egg proteins and infections and viruses and things like that. 
can actually grow in the presence of those eggs. So at times I have to take people off of eggs. If we're having a leaky gut issue and we're reactive to eggs, I have to deal with that. But you deal with the leaky gut, you deal with healing the gut. You're not really allergic. You're just having a response, a sensitivity, because everything's pumping through. So it is in the top eight allergens in the United States, but also we're super unhealthy. People have horrible guts because they're eating a plant-based, grain-based diet full of glyphosate. Hello, by the way, a plant-based diet is the highest in glyphosate oh. and the highest in heavy metals. So we also start telling the truth and not just some propaganda crap that is being sold to you without going deeper. Okay. So that was a lot, but. No, that's fascinating because in Wheat Belly, when uh, Dr. Davis uh, approaches the fruits and vegetables, he said, the reason I don't tell people to replace everything of their grain-based diet or wheat-based diet with fruits and vegetables is our fruits and vegetables have been bastardized. He said yeah. it's it, the, they're not real anymore. They're not real anymore. So he said there are certain things, you know, everyone, I, health coaches, we all love to talk about blueberries, 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 but you're right. You know, organic blueberries, of course, but he just said there were so many things he wouldn't eat because of the way they've been genetically modified through the years. Um, well, let's talk about then supplements like what supplementation is kind of a must for everybody and then for those of us in the autoimmune pool cesspool that we're in <laughs> i don't think a supplement is necessary for anybody okay so humans shouldn't uh, my mother didn't okay. make a supplement in her vagina out of her uterus so i don't need one <laughs> right okay I'm gonna, you got we have to keep going back to primal yeah. we have to go back to nature if you study indigenous tribes they don't take a single supplement. They don't brush their teeth. They don't have cancer. They don't have cavities. They don't have heart disease. They live long, beautiful lives. They don't have mental illness. Some tribes have no word for anxiety or depression. They don't even know what that is. Oh Happiness is their way of living. Oh they don't take any gosh. supplements. Now, we live, the further you live from nature, the more disconnected you get the more addicted to technology and comfort, the more you control your environment, the fact that you live in air-controlled perfection of you never have hot, you never have cold, you never have this, you sleep, you have lights turned on when there's no light should be seen in the world, you never have darkness, okay? You eat poisonous junk all the time and that you think is food that were made in chemical-laden factories, you're going to get sicker and sicker and sicker your nutrients are gonna be depleted and your toxin level will be high. Now you need a bunch of, of things that are made in pills and creams and potions and lotions. That's why, that's it. So I don't think anybody technically should need anything. That being said, if you're somebody like me that got sick and you're trying to recover and you do live in a house and you do fly on planes and you know you do use air conditioning and you do have an iPhone and you drive a car and you poison yourself all the time <laughs> right right with lights and everything else okay i change my behaviors and i do add supplements to my regimen is it your goal to ultimately wean off all of those oh of course i don't think i don't think i have the chops to do that I don't think at 48 years old, I'm willing to go live a homestead life and I, that could, and I could be that connected to nature, um, but it's possible. I know people who do it. What's your opinion then on hormone replacement therapy, the bioidentical, of course? I'm a fan. It's I don't, a, it's a, it's I, a game changer. Yeah. We're depleting our hormones unnaturally. We are aging ourselves faster. You look at the hormone levels of, so in Siberia, 
There's a whole group of people that live in Siberia, Russia. They live to be 140 on average. <laughs> Women are getting pregnant at 60. <laughs> uh-huh. We don't hear about this because Russia doesn't share. Russia keeps right. all of their business to themselves. That's right. Yeah, they, they don't share. They don't, it's none of your business. We want and when they share sometimes, we're a little skeptical, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, no telling what they're telling us, but yeah. the fact that you so, even have that intel. You understand if women, if that's a thing, right? And there's many tri- African tribes have been, indigenous tribes are like, wait a minute, these women are not, is menopause even normal? Is that even like a thing? Or is that just a consequence like diabetes of modern living, Right. So we don't know because we can't go back 100,000 years and blood test all those people. And in, in the most remote tribes uh, and indigenous cultures, you know, we're, we don't get to them. There's a whole tribe in India. Like, I don't know if you, you approach that island, they're going to kill you. Like a right. guy was recently killed in a boat. Like, they, 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 we have no contact. We would have to tranquilize them and draw their blood and see, right? So we can't do that. So we don't really know what optimal levels are of things. We don't actually know what's a a normal aging process. We're looking at it as we know it, post agriculture, post, you know, eating unnatural food sources. Industrial revolution. revolution. Right, right, right. I see that, I see that. And we thought that was a good idea. And it was, there were some wonderful things that happened. But again, we've taken it to extremes and the things we feed ourselves. So what are the foods, you know, I know EWG has their list of their dirty dozen or whatever, but what are Dr. Rimka's dirty dozen foods that you'd never eat or you would tell people not to eat? And I know wheat and gluten. I mean, go ahead and put that at the top. Yeah. Seed oils. Seed oils. Yeah. All seed oils, vegetable oils, canola, soybean, peanut. Um, I mean, there's so many grape seed, rape seed, you know, soybean is the worst. Uh, soy is a toxic abomination no human should eat. It's a soil fertilizer. That's it's an ancient grain that was designed to, to rotate for the crops for them. It never was designed to eat except in times of famine and you had to process it. So seed oil how did it, number one. How did soy get so popular then? Why did people tell us to eat to soy at money. one time? To make well, money. I understand that. But what was it, what panacea, what was it telling us it was going to cure in the beginning when women were saying, remember, there was a time when we were saying you need more soy in your diet. Yeah, because it's a xenoestrogen. It mimics estrogen and it fights, it competes for your estrogen receptors. It's a whole lie. The greatest breakdown of this is called the whole soy story, Kayla McDaniel. She breaks it down better than everybody. It is the Bible of soy. She rips it all apart. And she's alive today and touring and everything. And she, that book is pretty old. Um, I don't know if she has an updated version. I mean, I read it a very long time ago. She, so she was ahead of her time then saying oh yeah. that. Everybody references her on this. You know, the beauty of the genius of humans and our incredible prefrontal cortex is that, you know, when there was a famine and they figured out, okay, there's some things we can do to these toxic plants to make them safe to eat. So we don't die. There's a, that was like a 10-month fermentation process to take soy and turn it into tofu. We turned a 10-month process that the ancients figured out to do to make something that would kill you into being safe for you and actually kind of good for you, the miso. And it was actually, wow, you actually figured, it actually upgraded, yeah. which is yeah. unusual to do, and took it and made it into a chemical-based three- to four-hour process in a factory. Well, you tell you me go. how that's the same thing. Right. There you go. Plus, you're only supposed to be eating it in famine. 
Like, because that's, you had no other choice. It's because you didn't, you couldn't hunt anything, right? So seed oils would be a number one. Soy is, a, is another one never to eat. Gluten, it, you know, at this point, grains and gluten because corn, because we've just ruined everything. I don't think they're really good for you anyway, but what was 10,000 years ago is not what is happening today. These are, these are, these are frankenfoods. Um, let me think. So any milk? Well, no. I mean, so milk, dairy, we've adapted really, really well to it. The problem is pasteurization and the, and the, the ruining hybridization of our, of our cows here to an A1 casein instead of the old A2. So goat milk and sheep milk are not the same as an, it's an A2 milk. Raw, raw, unpasteurized, real milk from an A2 casein animal can be considered a potential superfood. Some people do extra powerful. If you can find great it, that great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's many. Go to Weston Price, WestonAPrice.org, and they'll give you all of the resources for local farmers, local CSAs that are. Yeah. For, you can find raw dairy. You can find your grass-fed, uh, regenerative agriculture-based farmers, um, and all that kind of stuff local to you. A lot of times the raw dairy, they just have to sell it. And Shockingly, glyphosate's totally legal. It's totally legal to give Prozac to a five-year-old, but it's illegal to eat and buy raw milk. I know. Is that not the stupidest thing you've ever heard? It is. So they'll sell it for pets. So you're like, I need my my cat milk. Thanks. (laughs) I need five gallons this week. (laughs) That's how they get around it. And he's in a trench coat like this, opening yeah. it up, you know, and yeah. he's got a pager. You've got to beep him like you're getting a drug right, deal because right, yeah. I have a dealer so, here. Dairy is not a bad thing, right? Okay. It, like it can, it can be, but it's, it's always, you know, a medicine, a healing food can become a toxic poison to the wrong person at the wrong time or in the wrong dose. So once I'm, you're already sick with something and it, now with my Hashimoto's or autoimmune people, can I, can they go to the raw stuff? Yeah but it might take me six months or a year to get them healed enough where they can do that. that and when you say healing, are you looking at um, gut lining permeability or just entire body system? Everything. Yep. So want- let's talk about the beloved gut because that's been my thing this last year fermented foods that I have in my refrigerator and my kombucha I drink every day. And I made bone broth yesterday. Um, where are you on fermented foods? You know, they, you know, you can ferment anything <laughs> yeah. because bef- before we had refrigeration, even the ketchup was fermented. Yeah. And so what are you, what, what do you try to eat as far as fermented foods? I pretty much don't eat any, um, but that doesn't mean, <laughs> again, what I do at my right. time, point in my life and my health journey has no relevance to anybody, to be right. honest. Right. That people need to understand that. Oh, what do you, they want to know what, well, who gives a crap what I eat? <laughs> right. I mean, now it, there's a reason I eat what I eat and I can explain that. And I do think it's optimal. And there's, I, I you know, that kind of thing. However, um, I always do fermented things after I come off a fast, right? I, I put it, I put it in different times of my life for reasons. It needs to be raw, it needs to be, so most of these things, if you're buying them like yogurts and kefirs that are pasteurized, there's nothing in there, right? So you have to really know what you're doing and it has to be real. People take probiotics, they're taking nothing, they're wasting their money. So 
people they're, they're, they think they're taking fermented stuff. They're not. It's it's crap. It's been processed and it's nothing's in there. So yeah, I am a big. So I specialize in a lot of autism, and I've used Gaps Diet on them forever. So Natasha Campbell McBride, I've done that for twenty years. My nephew is twenty three, and he was like five or six. I had to get my sister. It was like pulling teeth. Took me, I think, five years to convince her to go from gluten-free, soy-free to GAPS. I'm like, Kim, this isn't enough. I need you to ugh, come on. Did you see him and turn I, around? Well, he's still autistic. I mean, yeah. But right. GAPS but diet cognitively. Yeah. GAPS diet neurofeedback was our strongest Great. impact. And he went from being nonverbal, couldn't go to school for two, three years to where he is today. Yeah. Awesome. He's great. You know, he's still autistic and he still has an IQ right. of 70. Right. Um, That's but, right. But he doesn't. He's not mute anymore and he's happy and he's wow. not on it. No drugs. Never. Not a single drug mm. used. Okay. So, so yeah, I'm, I am a fan. It's, it's a way it should be in moderate, small amounts. Uh, I'm not a fan of large consumption of any plant materials, honestly, but fermentation takes the poisons and the toxins and negates them and actually gives you all that beneficial bacteria. I'm not a big fan of kombucha. It is really harsh on the gut, to be honest. Oh, it is. It's not healing. No, not if you have a problem. It's very harsh. Yeah, I would never, a Crohn's, diverticulitis, ulcerative colitis, I would know. They have no kombucha allowed. Yeah, it's it's caustic. So there's no reason for it. I know it's it's kind of a drink, a sweet little drink and it's delicious and definitely never after a water fast. Way too harsh on the the system. So it's, I mean, it's, it's a delicious, fun little thing, but I think it's also incredibly high in histamine. And I see a tremendous amount of histamine reactive patients who have high anxiety and depression and obsessive compulsive disorder from high histamine and schizophrenia. So I don't bring a lot of fermentation into my practice because it causes histamine issues to become much worse. So that I specialize in that. So you I have to love, look at yes. everything it's doing. You have to know the whole picture, not just oh, it's so great. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and I need it in these autistic guts. So I need, but you also better know what you're doing with methylation and histamine, because you can rock, you can skyrocket someone's histamine letter, levels and lead them into panic attacks, and they won't know why. So I love your psychiatric connection with uh, so much of what you do, uh, especially with nutrition. What are some things then, because you can't swing a dead cat without someone saying they had have anxiety or depression. <laughs> what are things that someone? That's a southern term, by the way. I, yeah, I was like, I, I got it. <laughs> you never, you never heard that one. I haven't. Okay, okay. Well, there it is. An Arkansas term. I have a few more. Okay, we're talking about foods. We're talking about psychiatric connection and the fact that um, depression, anxiety is just rampant. I mean, I, I just so many people I talk with. What are some things they should start doing and anyone should start doing today to maximize their mental health? Great question. So I'm going to, we're going to go basic. Mental health is brain health and we need to start there. And if people knew and understand more about their brain and how this is the most important organ, I'm touching up my head, right? This is the money shot. And Everything should be about protecting that, growing that, enhancing that. So there's several foundational things we need to start with. You're a human being. That means, you know, you're homo sapien sapien. You are in the animal kingdom. My body is 100% animal protein and animal fat. My brain is 80% saturated fat and cholesterol. So what do you think I should be eating? 
saturated, saturated fat, fat and, and cholesterol. cholesterol. <laughs> exactly. So the number one thing to do is have a brain that has everything it needs. And luckily the the brain only has so many pillars that matter. You know, there's over 300 and some, you know, nutrients that the whole body needs. 350, like we're like, okay, these are like essential things. The brain has like 10 things you got to care about. So believe it or not, in its genius, it's, there's, it's kind of simple. Um, so we need a lot of cholesterol. We need a lot of saturated fat. If you do not eat that, if you do not eat animal protein, you, you, the pressure, pressure and stress you put on your body and your liver to try to make all that you need, it's not going to keep up. The brain is incredibly energy uh, sucking. It's, it's very, very small and takes like, uses like 20% of all your calories, your energy for the day. So we want a lot of saturated fat and cholesterol in the diet. That does a number of things. When you eat, you prioritize protein perfect protein already has the fat in it. So an egg, steak, bacon, chicken, fish, you know, liver, heart, kidneys, you have protein and fat combined in there and you got the cholesterol in there. Also, what's always in all of these things are these nutrients your brain needs. You want choline, eat eggs and liver. The brain needs choline. You want your B vitamins, the brain needs B12, B6, you know, uh, B9 really strongly. It's in all of those things incredibly high. It needs iron. It's in there. Okay. It needs vitamin A. It's in there. So you don't have to do it. it another big thing it needs also for methylation is methionine. It's amino acid. It's the most abundant in meat. It's right there. Um, so one, I start with a calming, nourishing diet. That is an animal-based diet. It's what humans have been eating for millions and millions of years. It's what's made us human, actually. So I like bone marrow, and I like meat. I like joints and collagen. And it also, we need lots of omega-3s. And you get that from fish and fish eggs. Nothing beats salmon roe as far as a omega-3 that is a phospholipid that crosses your blood-brain barrier. I want you to eat it in a food and not take it in a supplement. Oh, so we're, okay. we start because that's all rancid. It's all rancid and toxic. Oh. So we start there. That's the first thing you do. That alone, using the protein leverage hypothesis, you're always the body is searching for protein. It wants protein first to get everything it needs, the nitrogen and the creatine, everything it needs to make ATP and make everything it everything it needs. And if it doesn't have that, it will keep searching to eat anything it can. So when you don't have protein first and you're going with plants, carbs, grains, chips, whatever, you always overeat because you're searching to get a lot of protein. So that's the first important thing, that protein and fat. You are human and you need to make it easy on your body to make a good brain, give it what it needs. Don't make it try to turn kale into brain tissue. It's going to have a really hard time really, really hard time. You're asking an extraordinary feat for it to do that. So I start there. And then also then a big thing is we prioritize sleep. That's crucial. Sleep is outrageously critical. Sleep is a cognitive enhancer. Everybody wants a magical pill without the sleep is your most potent uh, brain peptide or brain supplement on earth. So let's start there. We dial that in. Um, those two things alone give us extraordinary results. Okay, I'll tell you that. I do then teach people the big, these are all free things, um, sunlight. We need to learn about light. 
light and darkness. And I need to connect them back to nature and respecting the morning sun. When the sun comes up, I need the, their eyes and their skin. And immediately it changes, it drops their cortisol, that stress response to wake them up. And it also helps them make dopamine and serotonin and ocular melatonin. You want to start feeling good. You need to be up when the sun is up and you need to go bed to bed when the sun goes down. And you need to not be sitting on your phone addicted to it all night long, ramping up the blue light, confusing your brain. It's so confused, it doesn't know how to make your hormones and neurotransmitters right anymore. So I start there, like we're gonna start with these basic things before I start bringing in, um, I use a ton of amino acids to address neurotransmitters. And I look at the gut and I look at brain therapies, but you, you have to start with some groundwork, right? Let's start with the, those are the basics. I but have do you to know how hard? In the 21st century, how hard it is to go back to those basics? People probably think you're crazy because they're thinking, well, I need my nine to 11 servings of whole grains that the food pyramid told them. And they also think that they have to be on a kale diet. They have, you know, it's all the things that the media and that's all media sources. That's including mm -hmm. the device in your hand. You know, it also tells you things. Um, and so it, it, going back to the basics is it's free. You know, it's cheap walking outside. It, it's just, it's so simple, Dr. Ripka, that people are like, Doesn't, I want it to be more complicated. I want you to give me a list of all these things that I have to do or I can't do. And you're saying get sunlight, sleep and eat animal based meals. All right. That's pretty easy to start okay. with. Well, it, it starts with. The big question when I teach people, and this can take me a year, and it, I do, I, trust me, I'm using peptides, I'm using supplements, I'm doing all kinds of things, but it's remembering, what does it mean to be human? Do you remember what you are? That's what I, that's what okay. I, we, that's the question we go through. How do humans live in nature? Let's look, let's go study them, right? And you, I, to me, I see an incredibly disturbing trend towards turning pop culture is turning humans into looking like caricatures looking mm -hmm. like cartoon like um video game characters like these obscenely bizarre fake long eyelashes weird bizarre easy hair now colors. easy now oh they're oh, they're yeah. strips they're, you know they're, what i'm they're, saying they're, they're strips at, i have I on today pictures and i'm like is that for real like i'm tired of everybody uh -huh. looking like a cartoon character mm -hmm. like i know exactly what you're talking makeup about and mm -hmm. colors and mm -hmm. And like aliens, like kind of mm -hmm. hybrid, artificial, intelligent, implanted, gender neutral. What? What? And I'm just telling you. I mean, and they that's use a that. filter then to change yeah. even yeah. those things more. And I think the same thing. I go, we're, we're going to look back at this someday and go, wow, we were fooled. Well, okay. it's a movement towards artificial intelligence, implantation, and hybridization yeah. of people it to is. no longer be homo sapiens sapien. There's a big agenda and people need to wake up to it. And so I, my movement is, what does it mean to be human? Do you want to There's stay human? Because agenda. I do. That's and right. And we are, we are beyond powerful. The technology of the human body, the technology of the helical structure of the DNA, and the sacred geometry that goes into us. If people understood fertilization and how a, how a cell was created, it's all pure sacred geometry. Everything in every sacred text, you can see right what happens when a sperm hits that ovum and what happens inside of there between the vesica pisces and the square and the tetra flower of life it's extraordinarily but we aren't taught that because we are taught to think we are weak and we need a master you are the master my job is to teach my patients that you are the divine source you are the god you need what you need 
and then we get you healthy enough that your mind can be brought back online. You can go within and then you can fix everything. But I got to get them stable first. When are you writing a book or have you? <laughs> well, I've written a chapter in one. That was enough. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm trying. I got a list of things to try to get done. You know? <laughs> You're something. You're, well, I'm swinging my dead cats over here in Arkansas. <laughs> You're over there changing lives in Atlanta. So... <sighs> I appreciate you. You you're a you are you're something, and uh, I could talk about this all day. But you have uh, patience to see and yeah. uh, well, people I'm to happy heal. To back. I'm more than happy to talk about some other things, and you know I can certainly always talk specifics. You know we have, we want to sit and talk about serotonin versus GABA. That's that's Ugh. really important information for people. Okay, I think it's okay. So if I have it, if you're feeling anxious, we could talk about that. But like the, sometimes people want to go. What I tell my patients is like, here's the thing, that question you're asking me, like we're at pre-construction and you're trying to pick out the paint color of the third story bathroom. <laughs> it's not right. important right now. We haven't right. laid the foundation. But we so major like, on the minors. That's what we do. Yeah. It could, we get hung stupid. up. Yeah, we right. do. Like, oh my God, BBC 157. Oh my God, creatine. Oh, what about it? Yeah, have you heard about Yeah, I've heard about it. Can we just start here? <laughs> You're not impressed. Eight hours a night, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Sleeping eight hours a night has been, oh man, that's my thing now. And I love it. And yeah. getting sunshine. And I'll say, caveat, when you're ketogenic, you don't need that much. When you're healthy, you don't need that much sleep, to be honest. But I have to, you know, there's a whole paradigm of hustle and grind we have to break up. We have to teach people that it's okay to rest. We have to teach them, you know, because the culture is shaming you for think for wanting to play with your children at this point. Right. You know, I mean that, then we have to work with that. There's a lot of, of messaging and constructs in the script of what's going on in the subconscious that it, there's a lot of things at play when you work with humans and this beautiful technology that we are. Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. After that interview with Dr. Rimka, I wanted to introduce to you somebody else I respect, and this one in the way of a dentist, a cosmetic dentist and a general dentist. He's here in Little Rock, Arkansas. It's Dr. DJ Daly, D-A-I-L-E-Y, smiledaily.com. Great website. But I want to tell you what Dr. Daly did for me a couple of years ago. I was at a point in my life where I looked at in the mirror and thought, Who, who's that person with that smile? I was always known for a white, bright smile, but my teeth had kind of lost its luster. Now, I don't know what the technical term is, but the Lisa Fisher term is. They were just kind of translucent and gray. They still looked good. They were still all lined up like the way they should be. I didn't wear braces. I did do Invisalign like 20 years ago. Also highly recommend that. But for some reason, my teeth just didn't have the same glue that they had all my youth. And okay, I may not be youthful anymore, but I'm still relevant, dang it. But Dr. Daly, uh, someone I sat down with, I looked all over and I sat down with Dr. Daly and said, okay, what do you think? He said, we'll restore them. He restored them to uh, Lisa Fisher version. So it's Lisa Fisher 2.0 with the smile. He can do the same for you. You will love the results and you'll love Dr. Daly and his staff. SmileDaily.com. Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes and leave a review, won't you? The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by ClantonCreative.com.